Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right. Then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate, because love is coming for your baby in more ways than one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am very excited for today's episode. It is something very new for me and possibly for you as well. So I'm speaking to the beautiful Caitlin Carehart who is a numerologist, who has also spent years studying with shamans and healers. She is the author of You Are Cosmic, Essential Numerology, as well as an incredible singer-songwriter. I was listening to some of her music earlier, and I bloody love it, especially um, especially as I was just sharing with you, Caitlin, before we hit record. Um, as of this moment, I got back from two months in Costa Rica with my fiance yeah, yesterday. Yeah. And this past weekend, it was my birthday. And we had we actually spent my birthday and the following day in our very first ayahuasca ceremonies, which was extremely powerful. And one of the things that came up for me, so it's so interesting, the timing of speaking to you right now, I used to be an actress and a singer. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, and singing, you know, I play guitar and ukulele, not, not super well, but enough to write songs and all of that jazz. And mm-hmm. I found myself like, for, for quite a few years now, just like not singing. And my ex-boyfriend who has become really close to um, my, my fiance, bizarrely. Um, wow, he, that's he incredible. Would, I know he's actually an usher at our wedding. So the first book I wrote was about this ex-boyfriend. The second book was about my fiance. And now they're like best mates and the ex-boyfriend's coming over this weekend to our house. Isn't life funny? But the ex-boyfriend, it was like a really challenging relationship in so many ways but he loved my singing voice. So I was always singing and writing songs during that relationship because I, if I'm honest, I was just trying to impress him. But I got, you know, I, I felt so creatively lit up and I found myself just not doing it. And I know this isn't about numerology and we are absolutely going to come to it, but I am really interested in the power of our voice and the power of music and the power of singing. Mm. It, it, it does something to me. And so that's my, one of the biggest commitments that I came at the ayahuasca ceremony that I got told in it was you must sing, you must write songs mm. and you must sing. And it's really handy that my fiance plays guitar as well. So can you just speak into that before we get into numerology? Tell yeah, me about well, singing. Have you, there's like a fame, there's a famous quote out there that I forget exactly how it goes. I'm probably going to botch it, but it's kind of like, you know, if you're experiencing depression, you know, someone asks like, when was the last time you sang? When was the last time you danced? When was the last time you like experienced joy? And singing is one of the most powerful ways to move energy through our bodies. Mm. And I don't even think that like we're taught that, or people even realize that. Um, and it's such a powerful way for us to clear our throat chakras, Mm -hmm. especially as women, because 
you know, we're kind of taught growing up, like be the good girl, like, you know, don't speak up, just be agreeable. And, you know, there's a lot of like deconditioning that goes on with the, the people pleasing aspects that we, you know, are kind of forced upon us. But even like beyond that, you know, like, you know, there was, a, there were many times in history where if you spoke up, especially as a woman, you were burned at the stake. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us suppress a lot and we have so much energy kind of stuck in our throat chakras. Mm -hmm. So such a healthy way to move through emotions and move through that. And even just to experience joy is just by singing. And it's so yeah. simple and you don't need to be good at it. You mm -hmm. know, it's like why, um, you know, monks, you know, they're always chanting and all mm -hmm. and all that. Right. And it's mm -hmm. getting that through and it's a great way to connect, you know, a lot of energy gets stuck here. So mm -hmm. it's a great way to connect your heart to yeah. your throat, to your crown and all of that. So mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that, you know, I had shared that information with you because whether mm -hmm. you consider yourself a singer or not, we are all singers, I think, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. It's funny because what comes up for me, I haven't not been singing. And I, you know, I wrote a chapter about this in my new book, Love is Coming as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been listening to a lot of, particularly reggae. I'm like, me and my fiance are obsessed with reggae. Love it. Our dog <laughs> is called reggae, for God's sake. Um, so that part, you know, I've been doing that part well. But but what comes up for me when around singing, and I actually had a client yesterday who said this, she gets the same around dancing. It's not that what a lot of people share is, mm. oh, I don't think I've got a good singing voice and I'm afraid people will laugh at me. It's actually oh. the opposite. Not saying I'm the best singer in the world, but a friend once made a comment uh -huh. and I knew that she was triggered by my singing because she she sings. And, oh, okay. and it really stuck with me. And, and it, I kept getting that quote during the Aya ceremony, um, the Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear uh, is not that we're inadequate. Mm -hmm. Our deepest fear is that we are yeah. powerful beyond measure. And so when I, I actually got the guitar out and was singing a little bit, like quite quietly at the end of the ceremony, like the next day, and some of the, the guys who were like on the healing team said, you need to sing. What are you doing? Like, what, like, why weren't you singing last night? And I, and it was, oh, I, I don't want to tread on anyone's toes. That is mm. what it, that's what it is. It's that fear to shine. It's that fear. Yes. I'm not afraid to be seen with what I do in work, but it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that thing because, because oh that's God, her yes. domain. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh my God. That's so relatable too, because I, I do have two careers like mm -hmm. properly, you know, I am a signed artist, but I'm also um, a numerologist and an author. And for a long time, I felt like I couldn't do both. Mm -hmm. Like I could only do one because I didn't want to make people uncomfortable. Or, you know, if I was a singer and a numerologist, then people probably wouldn't take my music seriously, or they wouldn't take my numerology seriously. Um, and, and I think really like the future is Aquarian. The future is us embodying all parts of ourselves and realizing like we are multidimensional beings. Like it's ridiculous that we've developed this whole notion that we're supposed to just do one thing. You got a niche down and that's the one thing. Oh yeah. my God. I'm yeah. so tired of hearing that. I can't even tell you how many people even in the past year have come on to help me with my business. And they're like, listen, I know like music is like important to you, but you need to just do numerology, just niche down on your Instagram, mm -hmm. niche down on YouTube. And I'm like, then that would be a lie to me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. am I just supposed to make everyone else comfortable? But you know, what's been interesting is that the more that I'm stepping out with, with my music, cause I've been so 
heavily focused on numerology the past year while I've been behind the scenes recording my EP. Um, the more people are like cheering me on and mm. want to support both. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten so many messages from people who are like, I'm two things too. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I couldn't do them both, but I think it's, it's the magic is in the integration, right? Yes. yes. Oh my God. There's, this was so meant to be, this was so meant to be that I was speaking you like to you today. And it's, it's just given me like that, that mm-hmm. courage and that inspiration that, yeah, I need to, you know, first and foremost, I was a singer and, and a performer and, and that is in me and it brings me so much joy. And, mm-hmm. and I can see that the two of them really beautifully complement each other. You know, I, I love talking about romance and music is such a big part of romance. Oh my God. I mean, most of the songs that are written are influenced by love. Yes. You know, it's like, what else is going to move you to write? But, you know, it's interesting because like, you're, you're telling me that growing up, you would play and perform and all these things. And like, that's what we do as kids. And it's funny how, as we get older, we kind of abandon those Mm -hmm. aspects of ourselves in order to, I don't know, be more serious with life or Mm -hmm. something. I I don't really know. It's like society tells you like, okay, like, yes, Persia, you used to be a performer. You used to be a singer, but time to get serious, time to make money, time to, uh, you know, do X, Y, Z. But at what point are we abandoning ourselves, right? Like we're meant to have that play and we're meant to have that joy. And to your point earlier, where you said that, you know, some people feel like I'm not a singer, I can't sing. That was something that really held me back for a really long time. And I was trying to be like the more practical, serious person. And just like a tidbit about me, um, I was signed in bands for years where I was just the guitar player with Mystique. I never sang. Mm-hmm. I just played guitar and wrote songs and I was really petrified to sing. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, you got to sing, you got to sing. Um, and, you know, eventually I did take that leap and taught myself to sing. And it, it took many years for me to like build the strength of my voice to where it is now. But I remember having this moment because I used to literally cry when producers be like, why don't you just sing this song? Why are other people singing it? And I'd be like, I can't sing because I was so scared. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't good enough. Cause I didn't, I didn't sound like Adele and I didn't mm-hmm. sound like, I don't know, Christina Aguilar, someone, right. Mm-hmm. Who was, you know, a good singer. But then I thought, you know what, if Neil Young and Bob Dylan are professional singers mm-hmm. and artists who've amassed millions of fans and this huge audience, then literally anyone can sing. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that little tidbit of advice helps mm-hmm. anyone listening to this go listen to Bob Dylan and Neil Young. I guarantee like Mm. you can sing too. And I love them. Mm. I love Bob Dylan and Neil Young, but those voices are definitely acquired taste. So it's just about like being you when you sing and no one's going to sound exactly like you because you're unique. We're all so unique. Mm. Okay. So, so lovely ladies listening to this, I want you to think about the thing that's come up for you. Maybe it's singing, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's playing an instrument. Maybe it's uh, another thing that was ignited for me in Costa Rica was horse riding, which I also grew up doing. And it was, uh, you know, it was a huge part of dealing with um, my parents' addiction, like horses, everything to me. And I stopped doing that. Um, It's like, I really went into inner child stuff when I was away. And I want you to think something will have come up for you, something that you used to do that you're not doing anymore for some bullshit reason, like both Caitlin and I have just shared our own 
reasons for holding back in the past and it might be that you don't think you're good enough or it might be like what I experienced with singing it's not that I don't think I'm good I'm just scared of triggering someone else or someone once said this thing and made a comment and I don't want to I don't want to step on anyone's toes so what's that thing for you we are giving you full permission to go and start getting curious and playing with that thing again and for me what I would say obviously it depends what it is if it's horse running that's less easy to do on a daily basis because it's fucking expensive but if you can great but for me I'm just saying I'm singing every day I'm singing yeah. every single day it doesn't have to be for hours but I, that's what I commit to making that commitment for yourself because the more you do it the more you want to do it and it starts to generate that momentum Mm-hmm. so thank you so much that was a that was a really interesting unexpected start to this uh this <laughs> conversation so the main thing I want to say is this podcast episode is coming out on the 22nd of the second 2022 which is obviously a very exciting time numerologically speaking so I am a complete novice to numerology the only thing I know is what I have read so far in your book um, and what I just on, told you. Yeah, <laughs> and what we you off. just told me exactly before we press record. So can yeah. you give us, Kaylin, can you give us like the dummy's guide to numerology? Just what does, what the hell is it? And how no, can it okay. help us? Yeah, the simplest way to describe numerology is, you know, it's basically like astrology, but instead of using the stars and the cosmos and the planets, we're using the power of numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an ancient area of esoteric study. Um, that helps us tap into who we are, what we're here to do, our life path, like the challenges we'll experience. I mean, honestly, there's pretty much a number for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually quite simple math too, I will say, because sometimes when people hear numerology, they get really scared. Algebra, uh, fuck. <laughs> yes, it's not algebra. It's not geometry. Don't you worry. There's no measurements. It's really easy maths. Um, but there's specific equations based off of your name and your birthday that, you know, when added a certain way, tell us who we are and what we're here to do. And it's an incredible tool for introspection and understanding ourselves and, and getting into a flow with the universe. And um, yeah, when you think about it, the entire world that we live in is based off of numbers. I mean, even the the cell phones that we use every single day, it's based off of coding and mathematical equations and music can be explained through math and patterns. And that's really like the magic of numbers. And I, that's why I love it so much. It's just like, so rational. So like matter of fact, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and how did you get into this? I'm really curious to understand. This is going to sound like I've made it up, but I have talked about this before. Um, it literally came to me in a dream one night. I had never heard of numerology and I have a lot of like random dreams where I'm like sitting at a table with people discussing like my life. And it was one of those dreams where someone, something told me to follow the numbers. And I was like, what the hell follow what numbers? And I woke up and it was like three in the morning and it just was this nagging feeling. It wouldn't leave me. It wouldn't leave me. And so I went online and I was like up for hours, like what, like numbers, spirituality. And I finally stumbled upon numerology. And, um, after doing a lot of research, I found this woman in LA who came from this long lineage of, uh, mystics in India who studied numerology. Like her, her mentor was literally a hundred years old living in India, still doing numerology. And in, in India, numerology is kind of just like 
matter of fact, it's not Mm -hmm. even looked at as like woo woo or spiritual, the same, you know, they view astrology the same way. And, um, yeah, I, I reached out to her and I had a reading with her and I was so blown away because even though, um, I do read astrology charts now, I didn't resonate with astrology back then. I was just Mm -hmm. like, eh, I don't really feel very Virgo, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also didn't understand how to read charts at the time. So numerology just blew my mind and it was so accurate for everyone. And it became my obsession and yeah, that's, you know, that's how I kind of started it. And were you in your, were you in your teens? Were you in your twenties? No, I was in my early twenties, I believe. Okay. Okay. So it's been in your life for, for quite some time now. Yeah. Okay, great. So I know the question that everyone listening is going to be asking is, well, this is all great, Caitlin, but how is this going to help me get a boyfriend? <laughs> how is this going to meet, help me meet the love of my life or, or help yeah. me work on the relationship I'm in? How can numerology impact our love lives or serve us in our love lives? Um, well, there's something called the personal year cycles in numerology, which is actually my favorite part of numerology. It's a third of my book because it's so accurate. Um, but there are certain years in numerology that are very supported for romance. Um, you know, for example, a year six is considered the, uh, marriage or divorce year and, uh, year twos are also really, really good for romance and partnership. And, you know, the more you start to track your own cycles, the more you see your own patterns of when you get into relationships, but you know, I've done, I really, can't put a number on how many readings I've done at this point, because for like a really long time, I was doing readings for everyone for fun before Mm -hmm. I realized that it could be a career. I literally was like, what? Somebody wants to pay me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's up there. I mean, you know, even when I was first starting out, I would do like celebrities, um, you know, you could find their birth info online and whatnot. But my point is saying I've done so many readings and I've never, ever, seen anybody go into a year six and not have something significant happen with love. Um, Mm -hmm. one of my clients actually, she went through a horrible breakup in the beginning of, uh, 2021, but she was in her year six. And I was like, look, girl, I know you're just so devastated. Um, but I actually think you're going to meet somebody (laughs) this year. And she was like, you're insane. No, no way. And then December rolled around and she reaches out and she goes, Oh my God, I've met the one, you know, like these, the personal year cycle can accurately predict any year. And it's, it's fantastic too, because it's like, when you know you're in a year for love, you can open to it. You can make the space. Mm -hmm. You can really put your intention there and your energy there and be like, okay, he's coming in right now this year it's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, let's say you're in a year that's not great for that. Like right now I'm in a year eight, which is my money and power year. It's all about like achievement and getting all those things in in order. This isn't really the best time for me to get into a relationship or look for love. This is a really good time to focus on business matters, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that I was sitting here thinking this has to be the year I meet my partner. Well, I could keep pushing for that. And maybe it happens, but then I'm missing out on this beautiful opportunity to grow my business Mm -hmm. and grow my, um, self-worth because the eight, even though it's power, it's empowerment, right? So Mm -hmm. when you align to the cycles and even within the year cycles, by the way, there are month cycles. 
So mm-hmm. I've been able to like accurately predict when people will meet someone years in advance and just wow. call it. And again, it's just from using the personal year and month cycle. And, you know, I've studied pretty much everything at this point, And I'm very proficient in numerology, astrology, human design, the Mayan cosmology, and the 52 card deck. And the most accurate tool that we have across the board is the personal year cycle. So you find those, those openings for love and you, you be intentional, you take advantage of it. Okay. So let me try and understand this. So when you say, uh, you know, you're on a year six or whatever year on, that's not just like, oh, we are all collectively in that year. It's what you're personally in. There's a universal year and then there's a personal year. So -hmm. the personal year is based off your birthday. So you're in a different year cycle than me, but then there's a universal year age. Mm -mm. It's just based off your birthday. Okay. Like you, yeah, it, you could be friends with someone. I mean, if your friends are born in the same year, you're not in the same year cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then we're in a universal year and the universal year this year is actually six, which is the marriage or divorce year. And, you know, the universal year does have an impact on the collective, but the most accurate reading you're ever going to get is knowing your personal year. Right. Um, and, you know, I will say I've seen so many people more than ever the past two months come into union with people. And it's just quick. It's just like, yeah. I met this guy, boom. And yeah. I, I have to attribute that to the fact that we are in a universal year of six. Mm. Um, so really this is a very good year for love, even if your personal year does not align, but still it, it is really good to take advantage of what the personal year is offering you that may not be love, but it's supposed to grow other parts of your life. It's interesting because my fiance and I, Joe jo and I were supposed to get married in 2020. And this is before we knew what 2020 was going to have in store for us all. So I was like, yeah. oh, you know, we had the invitations, we sent them out everything. And I was like, oh, it looks so good. Like June, 2020, you know, and then that didn't happen because of COVID. And then last year, I mean, last year for me was a very challenging year, even though yeah. on the outside, it looked like I got so many things, you know, we that bought- was the hardest year for you in the whole year cycle. Really? Like mm-hmm. me specifically. Yes. Cause you were in a year of death endings and completion. It's oh. the hardest year. And I literally joke that you were in a year nine, but year nines are what keep me in business <laughs> <laughs> because that's when people really have a hard time because you're letting go of who you've been for the entire nine years. And now this year is your year one. So new beginnings, new opportunities. You're totally different person this year than you were last year. And, you know, anything you start in this year cycle, since it's a year one, will take for the nine years. So it's actually a much more aligned time to get married. Wow. And 2021, when you were supposed to get married was actually your year eight, which is money and power. (laughs) Uh, So interesting. Yeah. So, so 2020, 2020, we're supposed to get married. That got canceled because of COVID last year. We moved it to last 2021 and again, it couldn't happen. So then, so it was canceled twice. And what's really interesting with what you just said is in my Araska ceremony, I actually saw myself die, which I was like, what the fuck? I was right at the end. And I was like, I had this like beautiful vision. I'm going to do a separate podcast episode on that. But I saw that at the end and I it was really, I was like fucking pissed off if I'm honest. I was like, I did not want to know that information. Got really like upset. And what the shaman told me is said, no, no, no. In uh, with ayahuasca, plant medicine, 
a death is a rebirth. So everything you just said there completely confirms. Like I got into the spiritual work at the beginning of 2011. So I've actually been doing it now for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And so, and a lot's happened in that time. But I, last year, whilst, yeah, a lot of good stuff seemed to happen on the outside, I just, something, I felt stagnant. It felt like something had to shift. I'm so glad we didn't get married because this experience we had this weekend, like we feel like different people. And I now, like I had, both of us were were having loads of resistance to doing the wedding shit that we needed to do all the planning. And and now we've come back and we're like, yes, it feels right. It just feels right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so that, yeah, that completely is in alignment with everything that you said. So mm-hmm. another question that I have that I know other people will be thinking about is compatibility. Mm-hmm. So your, does your personal numbers like, and, and someone else's like, is it, will that define how compatible you are? So I'm of the belief that any number can be with any number and same with astrology. Like anyone can be with anybody, but it's just like, how hard do you want your life to be? (laughs) That's how I really look at it because, you know, your life path, for example, which is considered like your most important number, like your core number, which is based off your full birthday, Mm -hmm. you know, that's who you are. That's how you operate in the world. And if you're aligning with a life path, that's like totally opposite of you, there will be a lot of friction, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have a whole section in my book and I have a couple Instagram posts on relationship compatibility. Um, and again, I, I never discourage anybody from, from being with someone, but you will find, and many people that have read my book or our clients have found that like, they tend to date the same people, Mm -hmm. the same numbers, Mm-hmm. And they also like tend to have issues with the same numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have found that I have two numbers. I definitely, there's always friction when I am close to them. Um, you know, for you, you're a life path one and your partner's life path 22. And that's actually very aligned. I've had a lot of partnerships where I'm with 22s because I'm also life path one. And that's because you're both leader types right? Mm -hmm. So two leaders coming together, but you guys lead in such different ways. The one is more like the brilliant mind, like the, you know, creative genius, like, you know, inspiration strikes. And all of a sudden you're like running down this path, like innovating some space, like doing something that's never been done before really quick. Um, you know, Steve jobs was a life path one. So was, um, Martin Luther King, uh, Tesla, um, Miley Cyrus, Gwyneth Paltrow. Tom Cruise, you mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. Um, And then, you know, the 22 is a master number. So it's a much harder path, but it's considered the most powerful number in numerology. And by powerful, I don't mean better. It's just, you know, the vibration he carries is very powerful. Um, But they're more late bloomers. They're more um, strategic. They're more structured than the one. They're more... Um, like, how do I put this? Cause the two, the 22 adds up to a four. So mm-hmm. imagine a square, they're mm-hmm. very square, right? Mm-hmm. But they have, they fall on their face a lot because they're meant to learn like a lot of lessons in order to like reach more people on their journey. Cause master numbers are here to impact the collective as a whole. So again, you're both leader types, but because you guys are doing it in different ways, it's not like 
you know, it's, it's compatible. He's more, yeah, he's able to be a little more structured and more like rules are meant to be followed. You're more fuck the rules. They're meant to be broken. Let's just Mm -hmm. do it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is super compatible, you know, like, and I think you do have to think about what is it that you want in your life? Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm a life path one, two life path. One is more masculine. It's, um, not, it's not really a nurturing number and it can be pretty cutthroat. So for me, I really love, um, partnering up with people who are like a six, Mm -hmm. the life path six is the nurturer. Mm -hmm. And that's like the energy that I really need because as Mm -hmm. a one, I need that softness Mm -hmm. because ones can be pretty hard and, and pretty like cutthroat and just like, boom, going for it. Super ambitious. Um, so yeah, again, you have to think about what is it you want to call in and what is it that you need? Mm. It's interesting because one of the other things that came up while we were in Costa Rica, I mean, this has been on my mind for some time, but it helped us to start embody it and pitching, picturing it. And then it again, got confirmed during the ayahuasca ceremonies mm-hmm. is, is Joe currently works in the film industry. He does locations for very big films. And we are both very, very, very cool to Costa Rica with a lot of friends there, like the crazy synchronicities that kept happening. And then of course we did the ayahuasca, which is completely life-changing, is that I want to bring um, women who identify as leaders, uh, who are wanting, they feel in their power, in their careers and in their leadership, but they feel completely Mm -hmm. not in their power when it comes to love and romance. These are the women that Mm -hmm. I work with one-to-one, but now I'm I'm pivoting the business in that direction to support in a more group way, because I find that groups can, you know, be so powerful when I think of the masterminds that I've been in and that I currently am in. And what I want Joe, who, like you said, like Joe, Joe really is a leader in a very different way to me. Um, But he's going to come and essentially we're going to have this whole thing and it's going to be in-person experiences in Costa Rica that are completely life-changing that help you to step into your power and really embody it and, and, do a lot of deep work in your wrote on your love life, but in a very different way. So uh, that for me feels, feels really exciting and inspiring. And I wondered if you had anything to talk about, like, um, especially with everything that's been going on in the, in the world the last few years, like uh, couples coming together to do big shit in the world, mm. uh, to, to, to help heal or to help grow or expand the world or people in, in different ways. Is there anything you can speak to around that? Oh, sorry. I hope you can't hear the people in my house right now. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, good. Uh, there people are working on construction out there. Um, you mean the, you know, it, it's really interesting because like I said, we're in this six year, which I'm starting to notice there's a lot of what I guess I would say is like divine union, like people coming together. And I feel like it really has to do with soul contracts. And it really has to do with like, okay, it's time to do what we're here to do, whether that's to have a baby or to do work together. And I think a lot of people also, I mean, there's so much talk always about twin flames Mm. and that whole thing. What do you think about twin flames? I actually wrote Is that too much of a loaded question. No, I mean, yeah, well, I'll go there briefly. I, I wrote about it in my, in my book, but I, I think that people can get really bogged down with the concept. And I think it's something you've got to be wary of because I used to be a total fantasist around romance. And I think, and yeah. I've seen with a lot of clients like, Oh, but he's my twin flame. I'm like, no, darling, you're addicted to him. And this is toxic, <laughs> you know, yeah. but so it does like it, 
my a twin flame of mine was actually the the guy before Joe who's become best friends with him um in terms of like he bought up all my stuff and I had to I was forced to have to look at it and it was really really powerful experience um so I I think that you know I think a twin flame is there to teach us mm-hmm. um it's funny because I remember Elizabeth Gilbert says in Eat, Pray, Love, she actually says this of soulmates, but she says, you know, um, you know, they're, they're there to teach you and, it, you know, that's wonderful, but it's really fucking hard, but you don't want to spend the rest of your life with that person because it's yeah. too hard. And I have yeah. to say that I think that there's something in that. Like I've seen too many women, myself included, trying to make relationships work that are have a lot of intense passion and chemistry and even you know and synchronicity and magic about them mm-hmm. my relationship has a lot of those things but it also has a shitload of groundedness and i i've never felt safer mm-hmm. and so i'm kind of i'm very on the fence around the, the twin flame stuff i think i think people can get a little bit blindsided by it and 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 it can it can actually not serve us to to be so obsessed with the concept of the twin flame. That's where I so that's totally maybe not what you want to hear. I don't know. What do no, you think? I I completely agree. I think it it can actually in a way be disempowering. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen people who every person they date is their twin flame. Yeah, almost like an excuse to mm-hmm. stay in a relationship. And and yeah. I've seen a lot of toxicity too where, you know, there are like abusive things that are going on in the relationship, but they're like, but I know he's my twin flame and twin flames are the hardest union. And I just, we just need to get through this one rough patch. And, you know, you heal so much with the twin flame journey, like this is okay. And I think, yeah, I think there's definitely a way that people are kind of like using it in a not empowering way. That's the thing. I think that if you're going to use the twin flame jargon that you should use it in a way that empowers you. And if they're, mm-hmm. if you're feeling disempowered in a relationship, then twin flame or not, you got to get out of that. that. I mean, that's been my experience. A hundred percent. I completely agree. It's interesting because with Joe, the, I'm thinking about, you know, what's the difference because him and the ex had a lot of similarity, hence why they get on. Um, the difference is kind of what I've already shared is that whilst we've had a huge thing to work over we've been together nearly seven years and that like I genuinely you know what they say about doing ayahuasca you and, and Joe banging. yeah me and Joe been together okay. nearly seven years um and a lot of people say oh ayahuasca is like 10 years of therapy in an eve in a night in a ceremony and I'm like yeah it really it really fucking wow. is but I was not and he was not ready to do it before before this moment because we weren't ready to step into the change that it's asked us to step into Mm-hmm. and and I think the thing is with the twin flame I, I don't know that I would call Joe my twin flame I would say that there are there are relationships which yeah which, which show you what you need to work on and then when that's done it's like time to separate me and my ex who I wrote a whole book about were together for a year which is nothing but wow. actually it was everything and it, it inspired your first book yeah and it was only wow. a year so, so time is irrelevant. I got to read this book. <laughs> yeah, you have to read the book. Yes, it's interesting to read them to see because I wrote yeah. the first one so many like years ago and to see the journey of what happened from that first book to the second book. 
And then how I met Joe, there's just been so much joy. And even that deep, deep, deep thing that we've needed to heal, which is absolutely linked to my parents and my childhood growing up. Oh, something God. that I- It always is. Oh, of course it always is. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like, when does it stop? <laughs> it, it never does. It never does. Yeah. But, but we, it was like, he was a safe space for me because that what I've the work I've done with him was the most scary work because I wasn't dealing with my addiction to Joe I wasn't addicted to Joe so I couldn't have done that deepest 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 work in that old relationship with the ex because I was too I was too it was too about him if that makes sense Mm. so I was I had it it was it's different levels so I think uh in a nutshell the twin flame thing don't get bogged down by it ask yourself, do I feel safe in this relationship? If you have any doubt around how the other person feels about you, that is not a relationship yeah. that's, that you can have for the rest of your life. It's too fucking hard. Don't do it to yourself. And I know some people are listening going, oh no, I want, I'm the exception to the rule. This is the exception to the rule. I'm like, sweetheart, I trust me, I've been there. I have argued for that so many times in relationships in the past. But if you are every time they go away wondering if they're going to cheat on you or and you've got that anxiety, do you want to live with that for the rest of your life? Because that shit will make you sick. It will Mm -hmm. make you sick. And you can't do the deep healing work with that, the deepest healing work. You can't because it's not safe to. Yeah. I also think like the, the last thing I'll say about the twin flame thing, not to harp on it too much, but I also don't like that the, like the belief that you need something else to complete you, that your twin flame is the other part of your soul and together it's completed. You know, I feel that we are whole and complete and, and like as perfect as can be when we come into this world. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, conditioning happens and all those things. And then we spend our whole lives trying to get back to who we really are, which kind of brings us back to the point of like, when did we stop singing and dancing and playing as kids? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like that also can, can be disempowering. Cause you're like, I gotta be with this person because they complete me. And without them, I'm just half, half of what I should be. And Uh, Yeah. I just, I question that is what I'm saying. And again, I haven't had like a twin flame experience, Mm -hmm. um, but I respect my friends who they say they're on that journey. And I totally believe like we're all having our different experiences, but Mm -hmm. for me, that's always been kind of like, Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I, before I ask you the, I could literally talk to you for hours, but we're going to have to wrap this up some point. So um, before I give the final home straight questions, I like to call them, I just want to share very briefly a little story completely linked to what you just shared. It was so bizarre. So my God, it was a week today. No, wait, what day is it? Thursday. No, it was a week tomorrow. So it was Friday morning. Joe and I had been staying at like a place near where we were going to be doing the ayahuasca ceremony just to detox and relax because we've been around a lot of people and we just needed to sort of ground in and uh it this this like it was a town but there was fuck all there like it was tiny it was like on the most beautiful beaches in Costa Rica and I Joe had hired a quad bike and we're on the back of this quad bike going up to pack up our our little casita and I started to really feel scared about the ayahuasca. Like, what the fuck have I got myself into? I have no idea. So. I have oh God, no yeah. idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I hate being sick and everyone keeps talking about this bloody purging. What the fuck? So I'm on the, on the back of this, um, on the back of this quad bike. And I literally just have this moment. I'm like, okay, universe, God, high power, whatever you want to call it, ayahuasca. I hear that you're like, you know, a plant and you're like intelligent and shit. And like, I can talk to you. So 
Hi, Ayahuasca. I really need some reassurance that I'm going to be okay and that this is going to be a good thing because I really want to fucking run away, which by the way was why I used to be so addicted to cheating and was terrified of commitment. That feeling, that exact feeling came up, which was one of the big things that I wanted to work on, codependency essentially, and that fear of being intimate and connected. Anyway, at that exact moment, I felt this inner nudge to, to look up on the right uh, and there was this house, like, well, I call it a house, more of a shack, right? Bit of a, a big shack. And on top of this shack, literally you couldn't write this, there was this statue of Michelangelo's David, that white statue, you know, the, the naked man. Yeah, I've seen it in real life, actually. Yes, yeah. it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel, etc. Now, I have a chapter in my book called, in my new book, Love is Coming, called Rubble. Mm-hmm. And it is about this, the very short story I'm going to tell you about the significance of the statue. So back in, you know, whatever BC it was when Michelangelo created this incredible statue, someone said to him, you know, Michelangelo, how did you create this, like this statue? It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. And back in the day when they made um, statues that like out of marble, there'd be a big marble block and then they would cut around you know cut it out of that Michelangelo looks at this this guy and just says it was easy I simply removed everything that was not David Mm -hmm. and that's it it this is true of our relationship with ourself with with relationships you know my relationship with Joe like what we experienced this weekend it's not that we needed to become new people it's that we needed to remove the things the layers of shit and pain and fear and all that that gets put on us from childhood from society from our families from our friends whatever it is it's not becoming someone new it's just removing the layers of shit to remove like you said earlier it's like when we come into this world the beautiful baby doesn't need to be changed it's perfect that is still in us so it's it's about a releasing and a cleansing as opposed to becoming or like improvement because I was so addicted to improving myself I'm like I don't need to improve I need to accept and I need to release and then and then everything is perfect that's it I'm already perfect inside perfectly imperfect and so I really love that you you mentioned that about the the letting go and the releasing that's certainly been my experience in relationships me too obviously from our talk before you know that's definitely the place I've been in that surrender letting go allowing things that aren't in alignment to fall away so that you can be more in alignment with the path that you're meant to walk in this life. Yeah. You know, my book is structured in three parts, heal, attract, commit. And everyone always comes to me and they're like, how do I, attra- how do I manifest? How do I attract that? Or everyone wants the mm-hmm. attract bit because that's the yeah. sexy bit. That's what every, you know, self, the self-help world is crazy about is right. Particularly right now is I want to manifest. And they want to commit. But the thing is, com- the commit part's the hardest. And you don't mm-hmm. realize that until you get there. Mm-hmm. The attract part is actually the easiest if you've done the healing part. And we're always going through the cycle of heal, attract, commit, heal, attract, commit. Yeah. But you, you, like you were talking about, I can't remember if it was before we press record or not, but like we're, we're in different seasons in our life at different points. Yeah, exactly. And so you have to ask yourself, what season am I in? Stop trying to be in summer when you're in autumn. That's where the discomfort and the suffering comes from. Surrender yeah. to the season you're in. And that's what you're doing so beautifully right now. Whether that's around career, whether that's around your love life, what season am I in? And then and then naturally, in the way that the seasons flow in nature, life will just take you to the next season if you stop resisting it. Mm-hmm. And we open space and things flow. 
Yes. And that's why I always encourage people to, um, you know, calculate out their personal year cycle, because that's when you actually flow in my opinion, to bring it back to numerology. I know we've been talking mm, mostly about yeah. love, but that is why I'm so obsessed with this tool. You know, it's because like, I've seen so many people and myself included flow with, with the cycles of life and knowing like, okay, this is the best time to let things go. This is the best time for my career. This is the best time for love. This is the best time for money and to make the most of the energy that's available for us and to not push for things when, you know, like you said, like stop trying to make it fall if it's winter, right? Yeah. There are different seasons and, you know, the whole earth is cyclical. Mm -hmm. So why would we not be cyclical beings? And that applies, you know, to love. It applies to everything. Mm. Can you just remind me what year I'm in so I can go and do some research on this? You're in a year one. Um, and I have on my Instagram so, so much around the personal year cycles mm -hmm. and a lot of free, like, um, you know, content you can look at on there to help you calculate anything you want to know. But I have like a full little thing on each year cycle, like six slides that you can go through. Okay, well, you've you've answered my question. I was going to ask you in a moment. So let's do that before we go to the final question, the final mm -hmm. quick fire question. So um, your Instagram, we will put this in the show notes. It's mm -hmm. at Carehart, K-A-E-R-H-A-R-T. Is yes. that the best place to go and connect with you? Yeah, that's the place that I'm the most active for sure. It's it's hard to want to do all the different social media platforms. Um, yeah. I get so overwhelmed. I'm like, can I yeah. just live? Yeah. <laughs> so Instagram's the one I feel probably the most comfortable on for sure. Yeah. I love that you said I went I went off social media for the whole of January and I'm gonna do it every single year for the rest of my life. You heard yeah. me say it here. January, the best and first part of the year is for me. That's my new yeah. commitment to myself because it, it's changed my life. So, um, yeah. And also we don't have to do all of the things all of the time. It's too far. We're like, yeah, we just need to live. Like, fuck's sake. It's exhausting. There's too much. There's I know. Much. The constant simulation, like yeah. constantly feeling like you have to be on, the pressure to like need to post every, it's just like, why are we caught up in this? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, so you're, okay. Anyone who's really resonated with what Caitlin has been sharing about, you have got to get her book, You Are Cosmic Code. We are going to link that in the show notes for you as well. But you can also get that Amazon bookshops. So we'll link that. Go and check it out. It's brilliant. You can actually, I, I love the, the feature on Amazon where you can, you know, that like you can read a part of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like, it says look inside. So I re like recommend that because that's what I've been doing earlier. And I was like, God, I would never have thought I'd be interested in numerology, but I'm fascinated by it now. Like more, yeah. more so than an astrology, interestingly. I mean, for me, like numbers are just the most accurate thing in the world. And, mm. you know, I do read astrology charts. I do like astrology, but with astrology, it's like, you can go to like 10 different astrologers and they're all going to interpret like you're an Aquarius differently. And yes. like, depending on where your son is in your chart, like you're an Aquarius son in the fifth house. Well, mm -hmm there's like a million different ways you can interpret that. But with numbers, it's very simple. It's very to the point. It's very quick. Like a one is a one. Yes. This is it. And I love that. And I, it just, and again, like we're constantly bombarded by numbers. And when you're seeing repeating numbers all the time and just anywhere, you know, you start to understand what those messages are and to be able to read what, what's being communicated to you at any given time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, numbers are just magic. I could harp on that forever. 
Go and check out her Instagram because there's so much great stuff on there. Please, please do. Okay, Caitlin, home straight questions. I love these. First okay. one, are you ready? So just okay. the first thing that comes into your head, don't overthink it. Okay. What love life advice would you give to your 15 year old self? Oh my God. Um, don't feel pressure to be a certain way or do certain things because your friends are doing it. Love that. I think all of us could have done with that advice back then. Yeah. <laughs> What's one thing you don't want people to know about you? Oh my God. That's really hard because I'm such a blunt person. I mean, I guess like it, just in the context of this conversation, conversation, you know, I was crying pretty badly before we got on this call and I've actually been having a really tough time emotionally, um, dealing with this huge, huge transition in my life of pretty much everything. And I think I don't really share about my personal life that much. Mm. And it's not that I'm don't want people to know. I just feel like, you know, just show up, talk about music, talk about numerology, but not necessarily myself mm-hmm. as much, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So again, it's not that I'm like hiding it, but I'm definitely not being forthcoming about what I'm going through on a personal level. Mm. And I have so much respect for that because, you know, some, some things in life are just for us. They're just yes. for us. Well, also when you share everything on social media, then suddenly it's like, I feel like you get caught in like crafting an image for yourself or other people's energy gets tangled up in your energy. And it's like, for me, I just, I heal in my own space, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Thank you. Final question. Now you might want to answer this with respect to numerology or just whatever comes up for you. Okay. Number one piece of advice for any single woman listening to this episode right now who hasn't met that person yet and is really scared mm-hmm. that they're not going to. Um, figure out your personal year cycle and align to the months and the years. Chart your patterns so you can understand your romantic patterns and you'll be able to tell when the space is best for a, a partner to come in. Mm. I've seen it happen with so many people and like people who've told me I'm crazy. There's no way, blah, blah, blah. And it happens every time. So again, here's the thing though, I have to say, you know, I had a, um, a client where she was like, you know what? I, I don't believe in numerology anymore. I don't believe in astrology. It's all bullshit. Everything anyone has ever, you know, predicted for me didn't come true. And I looked at her, I was like, okay, I predicted two men to the week that you met this past year. And she's like, yeah, but like, they weren't the one, right? And it's like, that's another thing you have to take into consideration. Like the universe is going to send you the guy, but you have to take that dance, you know, Mm -hmm. like for this client specifically, men came in at the exact time that numerology predicted, Mm -hmm. but she, because we have free will, right? Mm -hmm. We use these tools as tools, but we have free will. She has free will and she decided not to continue those relationships. Mm. So you got to be accountable too. Like I guarantee the universe will send you the dudes in the right time, but are you going to take that dance? Right. That's something. Uh, to, to bring it back to ayahuasca, I clearly am going to talk about this for the rest of my life, but it, that reminds me so much. This was really helpful. They said 50% of the work 
you have done tonight during the ceremony or this weekend. Wow. Yeah. 50% is what you do now. It's how you go on and integrate take responsibility for your choices and your decisions and I think it's really important with any of these tools numerology astrology anything that we're using I certainly see that with my clients I'm like I know which ones are going to get the results it's not the ones who whinge and complain why it hasn't worked for them so it's like that's this is not a quick fix a magic pill like you've got to bring you've got to commit and it's got you've got to be consistent and you've got to learn to love and accept and forgive yourself but also patience is part of it when you look at nature you plant the seed that's not the day it grows like yeah. we, we are we're such a quick instant you know we want everything instantly and it's like I think the largest part of the work is around patience we are not taught it and yes. learning to be in the day that we are in and be in the season that we are in which we've already spoken about which feels like a really beautiful place to bring this wonderful conversation to a close I'm so grateful to have had you on here Caitlin yeah, like this thank you for amazing. having me Vanessa put us in touch so shout out to Vanessa thank <laughs> you Dr Vanessa McIntosh, McIntosh I can never say her surname right yes. um yeah this has been wonderful and I'm so excited to read the rest of your book my darling oh thank you I'm excited to dive into yours now too I was waiting till I got through the breakup and then mm. to read it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this will be a good book to read. Mm-hmm. Now is the time. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'm going to read the healing chapter. Yeah. Well, Not ready right, for the attraction. The yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. You can read the first third and then be like, right, I'm going to take a pause and then maybe come yeah. like a few months, you'll be ready for the attract part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> All right, my love. We'll have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. that's a wrap thank you so much for listening i really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready willing and able to actually commit please be sure to like share subscribe and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes this helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. And if you want to learn how to court consciously during COVID and call in the healthy, happy relationship you desire and deserve, don't forget to download my free audio training called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate over at getyoursoulmate.com forward slash free training. The link is also in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.